Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla, Alex Regler here with you on a Monday, not a Tuesday. Alex, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Happy holidays to you. Hope you had a, a Merry Christmas this past weekend. You too, man. Did you get anything good? I did. I have a new obsession um, with the sport of F1. F1, okay. Yeah. So there's a Netflix series called Drive to Survive, and there's three seasons so far. And I watched all three, like, I want to say, like, a year and a half ago. Um, and I have been obsessed with F1 ever since. And as this season progressed, it was, like, the best season to follow because the championship literally went down to the last race and the final lap. Oh. And a lot of times, Lewis Hamilton, I don't even if you don't follow F1, I think a lot of people know the name Lewis Hamilton. Um, he, like, just wins. He's won seven in a row, I think, or something like that. He's always kind of done by then, but the fact that it went down to the final lap was awesome. So I have an obsession with F1, and I didn't get like a Ferrari shirt or anything like that. I got the F1 <laughs> video game for Xbox. Oh, there's video games on it. Really? Yeah, there's video games on it. And it's actually funny. I, In my family, in my fiance's family, we do Secret Santas. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting every, because we're such large families, instead of just getting hey, everybody I, I've, a gift. I've learned that firsthand with a bunch of nephews and nieces. Secret Santa is oh, just yeah. the way to go. It's the way to go. And I gave the exact same list to both. So I ended up getting two copies of the game <laughs> on both sides. So I'm going to return one and try and go get like a steering wheel. Oh. So I'll pay the difference. And I'll try and really like, you know, foot pedal, steering wheel. I really want to try and, and do it right. Because I played it last night for the first time. And it's cool. Uh-huh. But it does feel a lot like, you know, like a like a Forza, just regular sure. racing game. Because you don't have that steering wheel. And I feel like if I get the steering wheel, I'll really get a more immersive experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I remember, like, playing Gran Turismo and stuff like that. And feeling, there you go. feeling blown away. So I can't imagine, like, the actual experience of using a steering wheel and stuff. It seems pretty yeah. cool. What about you? Would you get anything? Anything notable? Yeah, we actually, I actually got Laker tickets, which is nice yeah, for which game? Um, for the upcoming game against the Timberwolves. So my sister actually got nice. myself and my dad tickets. So it's gonna be fun to like get to spend some time with him. And uh, I haven't been so to a Laker your, game in years, so it's exciting. And that'll be your first time at Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, let's see if I get some crypto merch while I'm there. Or Hell something. yeah! <laughs> uh, I thought it was very interesting that they didn't change the red strip on top of the building mm-hmm. they just left it blank and obviously you guys saw the memes we don't need to replay what the, what it looks like here but i was very surprised because it's crypto.com arena the blue stripes kind of everywhere uh but they left the top naked it looked weird it, you know you're so that iconic staple center on top of uh the building it was always the overhead shot so it looked a little different on christmas day what'd you think about the um did you see how the little like the floor design where it had like the crypto it actually kind of mm-hmm. looked a little cleaner. Like it actually matched the the color scheme a bit the better. The purple. Yeah, they didn't stand out as as high as the red did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't mind. Like I'm not one of those. You know, like I saw so many. I don't even know if we did it on SilverScreenRoll.com or not. There's so many like countdowns of the best Staples Center moments. It's like, you guys, the the building still there. It's still there. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. I guess I'm mean, here in San Diego. We've gone through uh, name changes on our sports arena so often that. I'm just kind of used to it. 
like I, we've had like every casino's been <laughs> the the title sponsor of the building that I'm just so used <laughs> to a building changing names that I just call it the sports arena. And this will take me a while, but I don't have like an affinity to the name Staples Center like I know a lot of people did. Just not really. I think the building's still there. You know, like if they were moving from the Forum to Staples Center, I get it, but they're not. They're still same building, same downtown location. Yeah, like you said, if it, if it changed locations or anything like that, I, I'd get a little more uh, sentimental about it. But yeah, if it's yeah. still sitting there, are they are they good tickets that you got? I think again, I haven't been to a liquor game like in like maybe like over a decade, honestly. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I I I mean, I'm assuming they're they're at least okay. I'm just I, I'm interested to see how like watching live basketball. Or this team live, like how it changes, like versus watching it on TV, because I haven't done it in such yeah. a long time. Um, I haven't been since COVID, but I went kind of right before COVID. I think in December against the Jazz or something. And you know, if you sit if you sit at the top level of Staples, I hope you're not scared of heights, man, because it's pretty steep. I am scared of heights, so hopefully not. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, like that's like the only arena that I've been in where I'm like, yo, this seems. Like pretty dangerous because <laughs> it feels like super steep. Obviously, pe- people haven't fallen down, thank God. But it just feels like super, super steep when you get up there. So that's why I asked if where you're I, at because I've, the last uh, time I was there, I've had that's where I sat. Yeah, I, I've actually sat pretty high at Dodger game before, and mm-hmm. we had a few drinks and just like l- we sat like right on the railing, like okay. so you can like look over the railing and see everyone beneath you. And I got a little kind of like. Not vertigo, but like a little dizzy looking down. So I can just imagine. I've been fortunate enough where the Lakers used to play preseason games here before our ice started melting on the court and they stopped the game. That's right. Um, But I think they did come back once after that. I know LeBron's first game as a Laker or one of his first games. That's right. Yeah. And I've been super lucky because of my job down here that I've sat behind, literally like right behind the Lakers bench for like four or five of these games. And there's like, that when you sit there like basketball is so cool because these guys are so like like the shortest guy on the floor is probably still taller than us right like mm-hmm. like like darren collison six feet like i'm six foot one so like we're eye to eye and he looks tiny on the basketball court so like seeing the the, the game at that level even a preseason game just changed my whole perspective like that's the closest i've ever sat for an nba game. i don't think you can sit closer and just seeing like kobe like right behind and then one year the first time that Kevin Durant put a Warriors jersey on was in San Diego. And I was there right behind the Warriors bench because of my media credential. And it was awesome, man. Like, like I love going to basketball games live. So I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of it, dude. Where, regardless of where you sit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just looking forward to spend some time with my dad. Like, I think once you get older, you kind of, I don't know, at least, at least on my end, I feel like I haven't done a good enough job, like, doing stuff with him. Like, not right. living at the house anymore and... Like, just making that effort to kind of spend time with your parents, I think, is important. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm glad that we are still able to go to games. You know, I'm glad that we're not, that although COVID is running rampant all across the country, I'm glad that, you know, people are still able to go to games. You know, if you provide whatever you got to, I think you have to provide, like, proof of stuff to get into crypto. Yeah, I think I saw the guidelines. We have to show, like, at least our vaccination cards or or maybe and or a negative (laughs) test or something. Yeah. Um, and luckily for you, besides every Laker already being on the COVID list, there is changes to the COVID protocols according to the CDC. Now, we're going to get some clarity here, I'm sure, 
when it comes to before you go on Sunday, January 2nd against the Timberwolves. We'll definitely have an answer by then. But according to the CDC, the isolation restrictions for COVID positive cases is shortening from 10 days of isolation to five. Mm. Now, as of an hour ago, um, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted, vaccinated NBA players and coaches can now clear quarantine after six days if COVID testing data shows they're no longer at risk to be infectious. And then later we find out the CDC changed it to saying that regardless of vaccination status, you will now only have to isolate for five days. Now, after those five days, if you still have symptoms, you will then still have to wear a mask, but you don't have to isolate. So, Alex, currently, Frank Vogel and Kent Bazemore have been in protocol for eight days. Trevor Ariza has been isolated for five. Uh, Rondo just entered protocol yesterday, I believe. And today is Austin Reeves' 10th day in protocol. Now, if I'm reading this correctly, I think everybody should be available for tomorrow's game except Rondo. Yeah, I would. I was going to say, so at retro, it would be like a retroactive, right? They would go I'm back. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously from the Lakers' perspective, like, this is good news just in terms of getting more bodies out there. Like, it's still really, like, as I was watching some of the Christmas games around the league, like, it was really stark yeah. to, like, like wait, who's this on the floor? Like, oh, he's, he's playing, like, he's a starter now? Like, just random, like, older NBA players I had forgotten were we're still like on the margins of the NBA. Joe Johnson. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I mean, good for them. Like, obviously, to, to get back and get a paycheck and just uh, to show what they can still do. But yeah, I I, I wonder how much of um, like for the Lakers specifically. Like, I, I'm sure they're thrilled just to not being have to depend on so many guys they weren't expected to. I mean, it's pretty. It's been a pretty brutal stretch for the Lakers uh, with COVID. I, pretty much, I can't think of one player that. I'm sure there's been one, but I can't think of one player that hasn't been affected by either getting a false positive or being placed on the list. Like, I think every player has been on it at some point, right? It feels like. It feels like. I mean, I know LeBron had his thing with the whole like fishy meme and all that, but I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think Anthony Davis has been on the list, but he's injured, so I, feel, I think like um, ironically, has like DeAndre Jordan been like. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe he's like a boosted player. Who knows? Because we don't have any info on which players have been boosted or not. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a rough few weeks for the Lakers, and not only because of COVID, but because of the results. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lakers are on a five game losing streak. Alex, when we last talked to everybody here on Taco Tuesday, they just lost to the Suns on Tuesday, and we both assumed like, hey, two and one is a very realistic thing. By the time we we come on air, obviously we're a day early. We were supposed to be on tomorrow, but. You know, they, they get blown out and looked awful against the Spurs. They were kind of getting blown out by the Nets, and they had this epic comeback. And and then you see how the game ended with, you know, some terrible defensive mistakes by, by Russell Westbrook and a missed layup by Russell Westbrook. But, I mean, this is one of the worst stretches of, of the Lakers in the LeBron era, even when he's been injured. And it, and it is tough because LeBron has been, like, exceptional for a while now. Um, and it does feel like they're kind of wasting some performances by him. Like, Obviously, LeBron hasn't shown consistent signs of him slowing down. Like we're, we can't say, okay, this is the best LeBron we're going to get, and that's it. It's wasted. He can't do this again later in the year. He's already proven that he can. He can still do this when he wants to. But 
the same time, it is it is frustrating and disappointing that they haven't won the games given how well he's played. But like we said earlier, there's just been so many guys in and out of the lineup. Guys barely like playing together for the first time. Like yeah. Darren Collison, like what in the world? Like he's finally a Laker. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, Stanley Johnson. Like these guys all of a sudden have to be key rotation players. So, I mean, the Nets also had a lot of guys out. So that's not yeah, really Kevin an excuse. Yeah, so... But, at some point, the Lakers are just going to have to find ways to win. Obviously, getting yeah. back their guys helps, but at the end of the day, like, they got to figure out how to win with the guys they do have. I, I know that LeBron said after the Suns game, it's difficult to assess what we are because we've been, we haven't been us because we've been hurt because of COVID, their head coach is out. And I understand that, that, that thought to a certain extent, but at the same time, in those games where they have had health and people there, they haven't been very convincing, at really, at all. Um, and the problem with that is that LeBron James, the last four games, 39 points, 36 points, 34 points, 31 points. I mean, I don't know how much better he can play. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, rebounds have been up. Assists have been there. I mean, he hasn't had triple doubles, but he's been great. And the Lakers just seem flat regardless. It takes, like, a, a monumental effort. For, from someone else like or a, a miraculous shot by Wayne Ellington and Austin Reeves which was that was the last game they won by the way like they, the Lakers are winless since Austin Reeves is 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 a go-ahead shot against the Mavericks that, that feels so long ago too it does feel like ages ago and you know after the game Alex on on Saturday on Christmas um, because of the final possessions of the game Russell Westbrook was back in the news and his ability to fit in or his ability to is he the right piece for the lakers is he a trade piece for the lakers is it going to work for the lakers now before we get into this conversation about russell westbrook let's preface this by saying yes we know anthony davis is not there we get it but russell westbrook has been there like almost every single game and i will just say this the more i watch the lakers and the more that i watch russell westbrook night in and night out the more I think he's just not a difference maker. I think that he puts up incredible stats. I think that he's incredibly talented. But when it comes to being a game changer, I just don't see it. So, yeah, no, I mean, this has kind of been the argument about Russell Westbrook his entire career, really, right? Like. Right. He's always been a guy who puts up really impressive numbers, like box score numbers, triple doubles, all of that. Like even in his MVP season, those incredible numbers. So, uh, but it's always been the argument: like, is there is there a good good enough trade off for those numbers to maybe his overall impact, or how do we measure his impact versus the numbers themselves? And uh, I think getting to see him first firsthand and getting to watch him all year, I, I can see both sides of that argument in terms of like the value of russell westbrook um but it's tough right like uh he's still really i think he's really good at at certain things even at this point of his career um but there are other aspects of his fit um the defense the off-ball stuff just other important aspects that we a lot of concerns even going into the season that we, we already talked about and that is kind of proven to be true and some things have, have yeah. not been proven to be true but it i don't know like a lot of this is just like was sort of expected so maybe i'm not as 
like disappointed in in him because like uh like some of this was expected i don't know like how much of this has surprised you um a lot of it okay because the results are i mean yeah a lot of it i i but like how, are, are you are you like are you, are you saying like he's been maybe like a big percentage of, of the reason why they've lost these games uh, I think that there's so many reasons why the Lakers have lost these games. The percentage, I don't know how much I want to play the, the the blame pie game, you know, like let's play a piece of the pie. I will just say that um, it took him a while to get adjusted. I would say those first that first month was pretty rough. So I would say a lot of the blame probably lied on him because they just looked so discombobulated. And LeBron goes out. That's probably one of the biggest reasons why the Lakers are where they are. Um, now I know now I'm going to blame COVID and Anthony Davis for, for this stretch, but I would still say that he has a lot of the blame because of his defensive liability. Um, it's just effort sometimes on the defensive end that I feel like he can switch. Like when you watch that shot that Patty Mills made, I think the the video went right viral. Someone tweeted it, maybe worldwide Wob tweeted it. And I think it had like a million or 2 million views already. Like if you just focus on Russell Westbrook, he leaves Patty Mills and just stands at the top of the key and then jogs to the corner to try and block the shot. Um, It's things like that, that stand out. regardless of whatever happened in the rest of the 47 minutes and 50 seconds, those 10 seconds stand out as reasons why Lakers lose games. Um, Like his mistakes are very loud, right? Like he doesn't like, like a guy like, like, let me say this, like in a, in, in this game against the Nets, who had more of an impact negatively or positively Stanley Johnson or Russell Westbrook? (laughs) I mean, because I feel like Stanley Johnson's immediate impact on defensive end was so visible and then Russell Westbrook's negative effect on defensive end was so visible. It's like it was so hard to not notice it. I mean, also one guy is like literally fighting for his like NBA career. Also, I mean, uh, like I, I know I'm not. I'm, we might talk about Stanley Johnson later, but also Stanley Johnson just visibly like um, he just provided something Lakers literally don't have. Like a young height cur- body. Yeah, so just him, <laughs> just his physical. Pr- like I, I was watching and I was like that looks weird like seeing another forward out there i'm so used to having like three guards lebron yeah. and carmelo like just see another isaiah thomas rajon yeah. rondo russell westbrook so almost, tht yeah almost just yeah. seeing him out there he was almost like he plays a trick like he, he he definitely played really hard on defense and i think the lakers have found like at least a body and, and that that's really important but also just seeing a physically like forward wing type out there almost feels yeah. like oh yeah that guy is doing really really good just because we don't have anyone else who can but yeah mm-hmm. to your point though like westbrook's mistakes are just really loud like he yeah and like his the good things he does are also really loud like there's no in between with westbrook it's like either really really good or really really bad it's kind of there's like no nuance to point to with I westbrook think- I think the timing of Stanley Johnson's one game, I know it's one game. I'm going to say that again. I know it's just one game. I think the timing of him coming in and the timing of Russell Westbrook having that game in the same time, it just goes to show how desperate the Lakers are for someone like Stanley Johnson. I'm not saying Stanley Johnson. I don't think he's going to be the reason why the Lakers win or don't win a, a, a NBA Finals this year. But I will. Th- I will say that if they are able to make a trade for someone the size of Stanley Johnson that can produce on a consistent level, 
that will be an immediate game-changing player for the Lakers. Whereas Russell Westbrook, they have guys that can do what he does. Maybe not night in and night out, but they have guys that can score 20 points a game. They have guys that can go up there and grab eight rebounds. They have guys that can have five assists. They kind of got like four of those dudes, you know? Like Isaiah Thomas came in and lit it up one game. You know, like it's, I don't think they have a guy that is the one guy that is a singular package of Russell Westbrook. I just think they have a bunch of guys that can do what he does. I, I mean, we just haven't seen it consistently. We thought like THT would be one of those guys, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's been up and down all year. Kendrick Nunn has yet to even play a game. Um, right. Who else is even there? Like, it's just Avery Bradley's not that guy. It's just, yeah. I don't know. This is a flawed roster. It's. I mean, that's the most under biggest understatement of the of the year. Well, the whole thing, like going into the the off season, into the season, was that they wanted to build this roster in in a way so LeBron wouldn't have to do this much. And ironically, he's had to do like even more, more. than ever. But like that that was the argument. Even like the trade rumors lately, like the Ben Simmons, the Jeremy Grant, those guys are also guys who could have the ball in their hands and create for others like every trade rumor player target has almost been a guy who is similar to westbrook in the in the sense that he can create for himself and others so it's all about kind of lessening lebron's usage but obviously that's just not been the case or hasn't worked out hey remember like remember like two weeks ago we had the comp we had the uh the hypothetical trade day where we talked about would you trade tht for jeremy grant and this package of tht for jeremy grant we both said i think we both said yes <laughs> And then we also had the conversation, would you trade a package of Russell Westbrook and whatever for Ben Simmons? And we both kind of laughed about it. But the more I think about it, it's like, if we revisit that talk, how much different is it now three weeks later? Uh, I mean, like... Re- or is re- it still re- the same like, because, like, Ben hasn't played. He's still, like, dealing with mental health it, it, and the, all The that. thing is, like, any trade, like... I'm sure we get into it right here, I guess. But, like, there's been a lot of, ever since that last game, the Christmas game, Russell Westbrook, his name has been in, like, all over Twitter, online, on TV, basically saying, you know, he's not the right fit. It's not going to work. He needs to be traded. But then also, the argument is, like, he's untradeable. Or what are you going to trade him for? And then hypothetical names and and stuff like that. But basically, I'm almost afraid of, uh, of trading Westbrook in a sense that it's another restart. Like, this whole season has been restarts. Like, if nothing else, Westbrook, to his credit, like, has been healthy. Like, he's mm-hmm. at le- he may not play the best every game, but there's value in just him being available. Like, kind of building yeah, some think- chemistry where everyone out is consistently out of, like, say you trade him for Ben Simmons, right? I'm not saying this will happen. That's an right. entirely new player. They're not the same player. They have similarities, I guess, in terms of their limitations, but... Even limitations, one's aggressive all the time, one is not aggressive all the time. And mm-hmm. it, it, we, they might, one might, like Simmons might be a better fit overall, maybe, I don't know. But that's a whole nother starting over period that I think people, like it's not NBA 2K. Like you can't trade a guy and next game he fits in perfectly. Like especially with yeah. a team with LeBron and AD on it. So I, I, I get why people think Westbrook's not a great fit. Like he, he has limitations that hurt this team, but there's also the the other side of the coin where we have to figure out like how easy is just to slot someone else in here. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. You're absolutely correct that this season has been nothing but restarts. Um and yeah, they'll take there'll be adjustment period, but clearly what they have now is is not working. 
And a lot of what well, I've said this in the offseason when they got Russell Westbrook, I think Palinka was counting on the fact that LeBron is older. He's going to be or is 30. When's his birthday? I feel like that's coming up. He's about to be 37, right? Something like that. This guy's out. He's ageless. Yeah. <laughs> He's 36. He turns 37 in three days. But the, the fact that I think Palinka, a big reason why he wanted someone like Russell Westbrook was, A, he's always healthy. He's always available. It's true. B, LeBron is 37. And C, do you really trust Anthony Davis to play 82 games a year? No. So you, I think the biggest reason why he went out was, A, LeBron wanted him. B, I'm just giving you nothing but list today, ABCs. Um, <laughs> and I think Russell Westbrook, I think Russell Westbrook, can be counted on to be your second superstar when one of the other two are gone. And I think that's why they got him. Now, that being said, we have it in front of us now. The NBA season is, you know, however, they're 16 and 18, however many games that is, 34. Um, and I just think that it's not necessarily Russell Westbrook's fault that this is the player that he is. You know, like, he's had it a, over a decade career showing you who, who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think we all wanted him to be something different. And he's just showing you that this is what he is. I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that's Russell Westbrook who was placed on this team. He was handpicked to be on this team. And he wasn't necessarily needed as a game changer. But you got Russell Westbrook. This is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it, like it, it's it, not, it makes com- There's nothing. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, I'm not sure. Like, obviously you get disappointed when he doesn't play well, right? Or, like, when his limitations are the reason why the Lakers are struggling as much as, as they are. But also, like, the pieces around him that were supposed to be there to kind of, like, hide those weaknesses haven't been there at all. Like, Trevor Rizzo is supposed to be on the defensive wing from the start of the season. Bazemore is supposed to be a reliable defensive wing. Um, Anthony Davis was going to be the defensive anchor to, like, cover everything up. And then... It, all of it's gone. So all of the weaknesses like are just more magnified because air, the surrounding guys just haven't been there. So like, yeah, Westbrook has struggled, but he's also kind of like, like when we say he's like, we expected him to do these things badly. He's also done some other really like good things. And uh, like, it's just unfortunate that his mistakes are really loud. The other pieces around him have either not played up to their standards or just haven't been there so it's just like a whole like snowball effect that like that kind of like rests on his feet especially because he's such a polarizing player he's always been a polarizing player um i just dm'd you this because we were talking about it off air and it's confirmed now what we were talking about with with draymond green and carl anthony towns about russell westbrook Mm -hmm. You want to get into it? I just DM'd you the link. I see it. Yeah. So basically, again, like, like Westbrook, th- there's like these two sides of, of like how we view Russell Westbrook, like the stat chaser, the guy who just individually puts up numbers and doesn't care about winning. And, um, but also like how his peers view him, right? Like how a guy like LeBron views Westbrook is differently. And basically Carl Anthony Towns, I guess in a video, I'm not sure where kind of said, basically it's essentially the same thing where he's like yeah he puts up numbers but some such and such but i guess he also kind of in later in that video also he chases stats yeah, i think the, essentially. The, the quote is that he definitely gets his stats he chases stats that's what carl anthony town said about russell westbrook and then draymond green and other, i guess joel Embiid also 
commented on that post where they I, I'm not sure how much of it was in defense of Westbrook more so like or attacking Crosby Towns for doing essentially the same thing so uh, right. again I think it just goes back to like how polarizing a player Westbrook is and how yeah. how loud his strengths are and how loud his weaknesses are and how much we do think he impacts basketball I will say that it's going to get louder it's going to be much louder, much more magnified as there's less football game on t- football games on TV, as basketball begins to take over primetime slots like they did on Christmas. I will say that the magnifying glass will be bigger and pointed straight at the Lakers, especially if they continue to struggle because the media loves this. Like you don't think that that like skip bayless and Stephen oh, a smith no, and kendrick this. perkins and everybody else that is a talking head on television love this this is the best thing that's that could happen to the nba is when you have it well maybe not the nba but to talking heads about the nba is when you have a team with such superstar names mm-hmm. whether they are players like anymore or not to struggle like this this is a dream for them so i will say that now that football's not you know it's about to ramp up in the playoffs but that now that it's going to be less games on tv and more people start paying attention to basketball because we already had the christmas games i think it's going to get louder man it's going to get much louder i mean like ultimately winning like it doesn't even matter how badly westbrook plays if lakers are winning i don't think we're having these discussions online or people arguing on twitter about how tradable or untradable westbrook is right like the, if the lakers were like two and one in their last three games instead of zero and three i don't think this, these things would be as loud even how westbrook plays i think ultimately winning silences everything and unfortunately the lakers just don't have the pieces right now and when they yeah. have had the pieces some of them don't fit and some of that might be westbrook some of that might be other things but yeah as of right now they're like there's reasons why people are critical of the team i mean obviously they're losing they have a losing record but it's just i mean it's just really frustrating like as someone who watches and has to cover the team to like try to figure out what is right what's working what's not working and because of what because just we haven't seen the team as it was built yet and i'm not sure if we ever will and i think at some point fans are gonna have to kind of like stop hoping like oh once this team's healthy once this team's healthy I have no idea if we ever get to that point. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting, man, because I'll tell you right now, there's uh, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, who was very critical of Russell's final play on Twitter, uh, just came out with an article not too long ago talking about, you know, a potential idea of trading Russell Westbrook for John Wall. So I'm just telling you that, and I think you even had one from CBS Sports, right? A different uh, yeah, one, like, someone else wrote um, essentially the same thing. I'll just say, I'll, yeah. how do you feel about that? I don't know. I feel like it's the same thing. Aren't we just trading for the same player? I don't think. I. I mean, like I said, at least Russell Westbrook can play. John, right. We, like who knows what tells of a John. Wall. Like that's the last thing we need right now is someone who has even more injury concerns and like um, has never been a good shooter. Uh, it's, I'm not sure who hasn't played and. Uh, yeah, so I, I personally don't see the value in doing that. Yeah, he didn't play. He hasn't played a game. Is he playing right now? No, he played last year. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, what, what does it do for us? I, I think I, I, yeah. if you're going to trade Russell Westbrook, you trade him for an opposite of Russell Westbrook. You need some size. You need some, some defensive ability. I don't really – I'm not even concerned if the person can score or not <laughs> at this point. Like, I think the Lakers have enough players that can put up some points on their own. I just really think that 
They need some... I, I was wrong thinking that they have enough offensive power that they're just going to outscore teams. Clearly not the case. They need some defensive help. So if you're going to trade Restbook or THT or Kendrick Dunn, whoever else has any sort of trade, trade ability, then you better get someone that can come in and play defense, a la Jeremy Grant. I, I don't think they're trading Russell Westbrook this year. I will 100% agree with you that if the playoffs come and the Lakers make it, Russell Westbrook is on the team. Yeah, I, I just, I, for a variety of reasons. I think I think they're interested in Ben Simmons. Like, that's been reported multiple times since really the beginning of Ben Simmons, like, asking for a trade. Like, the Lakers have been linked to him. Um, I just don't see a trade ever really happening. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I... I, I Right. I'm not saying that's good or bad for the Lakers that he doesn't get traded. I'm just saying I, I don't think he gets traded this season. Well, we'll see what happens. All right, Alex, they play Houston next tomorrow night. They're terrible, but which means that the Lakers will struggle with them. Then they, they're at Memphis. They're very good. And then they're uh, versus the Blazers, who are not very good. And in the game you'll be at versus the Timberwolves, who are not very good. But we saw what they did. Like, it's even it's so impossible to, to predict these things. And they play the Kings, who are awful. But we all saw them lose to the Kings already. So, dude, what do you think? Five games. Uh, I, I, I'm looking right now, too. And um, Rockets Insider just said that uh, Steven Silas says that Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green will most likely play tomorrow. So that helps for the Rockets a lot to get those two okay. guys back. So... Won't be an we'll easy game. The, um, we'll see if everybody comes back for the Lakers, too. Yeah. You get Austin I, I, Reeves, the biggest game changer on the team, Austin Reeves. You know, if you get Trevor Ariza back. And you know what? Like, Collison and, and Stanley Johnson, like, just briefly, like, those two guys at least sort of fit, like, in theory, some things they need. So maybe there's a silver lining here that they found a couple nice pieces here. Um, we'll see if they have to cut someone to keep those guys or if they, if they fizzle out, kind of like how IT did. But... Maybe they found at least one guy who can who can help. Yeah. So, if you want more on Stanley Johnson, the reason we didn't talk about him is because can you dig it? Christian and Jacob they did a whole podcast on him earlier. So <laughs> if you want to hear more about Stanley Johnson, go check them out as well. All right. So five games. What do you think? Uh, oh and five. Ten game <laughs> oh, no. losing streak. Um, really? Oh and five. Oh and five. Oh and five. Wow. Negative. Negative. I'm going nothing but negative because every time I, every time I'm remotely positive about this team, they do something ridiculous. Like they, I don't know. But oh and five. I say three. Nothing I'll lo- say three and two. Would you be surprised if they went oh and five? Yeah, I, I think I would. What about one and four? Um. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't that be surprised at one four. No. <laughs> that big um. <laughs> that's a no. You would not be surprised if they went one and four, and neither would I. I would be very surprised if they went zero oh and five. I don't know if LeBron's ever had a. Has LeBron ever had a five-game losing streak? No, yeah, I don't. I don't think the Lakers are gonna. I, I they're gonna. They're gonna win a couple of these here. Yeah, I agree. I'm just making a joke, but I don't imagine LeBron with a ten-game losing streak. I think the world would explode. Yeah, no. I think LeBron would ask for a trade. Get me out. <laughs> That's the last thing we need. Here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, Alex, this is fun. Uh, thanks for switching on Mondays. I'm heading to the Holiday Bowl. Mm. Uh, tomorrow night you watch ucla versus nc state at peco park which i don't know if you've seen it it looks awesome as a football stadium i haven't i love i love petco park in general but i haven't seen what it looks like as a football stadium awesome man it's really looks really cool i think it's gonna look great on tv and i'm glad it's actually happening because freaking COVID is canceling bowl games left and right Mm. i think there's four bowl games canceled already and i'm really hoping that the college football playoff goes off without a hitch 
So we'll see what happens there, man. Today, the uh, the NFL broke a record for most players to test positive in one wow. day. I think it was. I really just saw it. I don't want to. I don't want to. 106 NFL players wow. went on the COVID list today. All tested positive. That's just the reality of sports and where the as where we're at as a society. Well, I, I was before the break. I was uh, happy that Adam Silver said that there will be no pause in, in action because hockey just took a pause for five six days, and Adam Silver's like, "Nah, we're good. I'm gonna keep playing." Yeah, we'll see, because these numbers are just rising like crazy. Well, Alex, this was very fun. And I think when we post this, I'm going to put Lakers should trade Westbrook for John Wall just to keep the Twitter hype going. Mm -mm, What do you think? No, that's the last thing Lakers Twitter needs right now is just throwing something like that else out there. Yeah, Harrison, like, because we're recording this in the middle of the day. We Normally, we record at night to just kind of wait for things to happen. But Harrison is just like... He's, I think he's going crazy with already the hypothetical John Wall, <laughs> Russell Westbrook trades. <laughs> so, all right, man. Uh, have a happy new year. Have a safe new year, whatever it is that you're doing. And uh, have a blast at the um, the Wolves game, man. Thank at the you, Laker man. Game. You as well. Yeah. yeah, have fun at the bowl game. Thank you, man. We'll talk to everybody next week. Peace.